the stage just felt empty and the recording studio felt empty and it's like I climbed to somewhat the top of a ladder that I had been working towards and then I got there and realised there's not much up there. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Now I'm talking so quietly because I'm actually at my boyfriend's house and everyone is asleep. Nevertheless, I'm so excited for this episode. So this week I got to meet up with the beautiful Kim Cooper. Kim is a beautiful singer. She's a primary carer of her dad and the creator of This Hot Mess. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Thank you for agreeing to meet me and thank you for having me in your home. You're so, so welcome. I'm really excited to talk today and we've sort of made it a little bit general but I love when we do that because it means that little things can come up that probably otherwise wouldn't have. But first, I'd love for you to just give a brief introduction about who you are and what stage of life you're at currently. Yeah, so my name's Kim um, and currently the stage of life I'm at, that's such a good way to put it actually. Um, sometimes people ask like, what do you do? Like, that's mm. What stage of life you're at? So I really like that. Um, I'm in a stage of life where I am a singer um, as my job um, and then my other job is to care for my dad. My dad's disabled so I'm his primary carer and I also run a blog called This Hot Mess um, and I float between those three roles in this current stage of life. Mm, I love that and we'll touch a lot more on that later. I want to come back to a lot of those things and circle back because obviously that's who you are and that's why we're here today. But I have two other questions that I want to ask you first that I ask in every interview. So what does real health mean to you? I think real health to me means holistic health. So meaning um, it's your mental, your physical, your spiritual, um, your relational. There's got to be a relational health in that. Um, And I think it's it's an all-encompassing health. It's when you're in a, I won't say a state of balance, because I think every season requires different things from you. But there's like an overall health about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that that's changed and evolved as you've grown? Or do you think you've had that holistic since growing up? I think think I probably thought about it holistically, but I probably had no idea how to implement it the way I do now. Mm -hmm. I think back in the day, like I'm 32, back in like the 90s, health was food and exercise. And you didn't really hear a lot about mental health unless someone had a chronic mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now I probably respect what's my mental health in my day-to-day life. How's my, how's my entire, and I think they're so, this is the thing as well. They're so intertwined. Mm-hmm. Like my physical health is completely dependent so much on my mental health. Like if I'm having a really um, anxious season, I'm exhausted, which means I can't go to the gym as much. It means I'm craving junk food. So they, they all tip into each other. I think they work in unison, which is, I think, how the body is designed. Um, you know, the mind-body connection, um, everything all comes in together. And I think health is exactly the same. Mm. Yeah. And so I that you say that today on my way here, I was just so stressed from work things. And I never really eat, like, sometimes I like loving earth chocolate or that yeah. sort of chocolate, but I was just craving, like, Cadbury. Mm. And I never eat it. And it's so crazy, like... The last thing you want to do when you're in not in a good place mentally is eat healthy food and mm-hmm. exercise. Completely. So like you said, it's so intertwined. And yes. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Um, and the other thing that I want to ask you is how has your week been? So I like to do a real recap yeah. of um, each other's week. So I'll start first Go by 
Oh, it's been. <laughs> oh, it's been a week. You know what? You, you, my blog's called This Hot Mess, and you've had a hot mess of a week. That is fantastic. Go. I definitely have. Um, so it's been. Well, it was the long weekend. So it will. If we do it from this week, yeah, had the long weekend. So which like was the last really seven days. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to Tokemore's, my boyfriend's family. Um, they live there, so that's like a four-hour drive. But it was just another weekend. I've spent one weekend in Geelong since mm. I've moved here. And that's exhausting in mm. itself. Like, so, it's wonderful, but it's exhausting. Mm, yeah, Completely. And everything, I, my room looked, I got up early this morning just to clean it because I had bags that were still packed. Mm-hmm. And then that's, like, just resonated through my whole week. I mm-hmm. feel like everything has this, like, rushed connotation to yeah. it. Like a brush of my teeth. Because everything's Yeah. And I feel like being... I'm feeling a little bit better now and I'm going to go home and just do something to make myself feel better. Mm. But yeah, it's been a busy week mm. in the, not so much the sense that I've had, like there has been a lot going on, but I feel busy in my mind. You're like in a chaotic space. Mm. Yeah. Like a bit scattered. Yeah. I, so it's funny to talk about, um, like the unpacking. I worked for a while in two different cities in Cairns. And so I would do, I was in Townsville. I lived in Townsville, but my job was in Cairns. So they'd fly me back and forth Mm because I was studying in Townsville, but they wanted me to do the job. So I would do, um, Sunday, Sunday morning till Tuesday afternoon in Cairns, fly back Tuesday afternoon, go to work Tuesday afternoon as a senior teacher. And then I had Bible college, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and like, and then you'd have Saturday and then I'd fly back to Cairns on Sunday. So it was this constant state of travel. And I noticed, I was like, if I don't unpack and put a load of washing on, when I get home, the day I get home, I am out of sorts. And the only way I made it through that season is the discipline. And I'm not an unpacker. I'm like a leave. That for me, that was a strategic change. Mm. I, I'm a leave bags, leave shit everywhere. Like I'm a hot mess. But I, I, di- I realized I was like, I don't have the, the mental luxury of doing that in this season because I, then I'm never going to feel like I'm home or I'm there. Mm-hmm. And so it's so true what you're saying. Like when your shit's everywhere, Literally, you, you shit's everywhere. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah, and that's what it is. When yep. it's when it's, it's physically like that, mm-hmm. it manifests mentally yep. and vice versa. 100%. When I'm scattered in my mind, my room is scattered mm-hmm. and I feel like my environment affects me a lot. I think it does to everyone. Mm. But when I walk into my room or my house and it's just messy, mm. oh. do you wish that you were – you know how some people are just naturally kind of clean? That, but How are they like that? I feel like I'm cleaning up after myself. I'm like, Kim – how the heck have you made this much mess? You've been home for 15 minutes. Mm. Why Why are you like this? But that's the thing. Like, I feel like I'm a general, like, genu- generally clean person, like a tidy person. Yeah. But it's when, like, when things stack up mm. and then the, the wheels fall off. Yeah. And then it's, like, constantly, like, sometimes I have to, like, it'll be late at night and sometimes I'll just have to clean my room. Yeah. Or, like, clean wherever I am. Like, the kitchen, I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. But, like, because I'm sleeping in my yeah. room and I have to do it first. But it's only like it's usually fine, but it's just because I have so many bags, everything's everywhere. So yes, yeah. that's been my week, and then we're going away this weekend. So oh my I'm gosh, like, it'll be fun. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it can accumulate that feeling. Mm. Mm. How's your week been? My week's been good. Life's big, big at the moment. Um, mm. when I was caring for dad, you know, just dad for a couple of years, I didn't really do a lot, and now I've started working again and. It, it's a lot. So it's great. We yeah, had the long weekend. I only had one gig a day, which this year is actually, that's 
quite rare. Often I'm doing two or three gigs in a day. I might do one on a Friday, two or three on a Saturday or two on a Sunday. So it kind of felt like a long weekend off and my Sunday gig, I was actually hosting a party. So I wasn't even singing. So it felt like a really, a bit of a weekend off, but not really. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was good. I've got my event that I'm running on Sunday. So that's mentally I'm running pretty fast and I'm juggling a lot. And I've noticed that in my anxiety, like my adrenaline, I um, I feel like my, uh, my adrenaline can't self-regulate very well. So if I'm Mm -hmm. too excited about something or there's too much going on, even if it's a good thing, it almost like tips over into anxiety symptoms yeah and I've noticed that I've had a lot of anxiety symptoms this week even though I'm not technically stressed in my mind but my body is like aware that there's a lot going on mm-hmm. um yeah but I've actually had a really good week I had this, such a fun weekend it was mm. good nice yeah. well let's start there tell me you mentioned the event and that's through this hot mess Tell me how you started that and where it came from. Yeah. Um, so this hot mess um, started because I knew I had a, a gap in my life. I could do more. Um, I was caring for dad, but I wasn't working full time. Dad and I are absolute nerds. Like we love um, watching the news. We love um, current affairs. Like I was reading a lot of self-help books and just I just remember thinking I'm intaking all this information and I'm not working full time and I don't have kids. I've got the time to actually help this serve any other girl who's like me who doesn't have the luxury of reading an entire book or, mm-hmm. you know, or the time that I'm able to spend. So I just felt this sense of responsibility, like I should probably put this online and see if it can be a blessing to other people. Um, and I was sort of thinking, like, what could I name it? And the one thing I was really sure of was I can't mask as a wellness guru or someone that's got it all together and here's my brilliant advice it, that would that's not me and I remember saying to a dear friend I was like I just want to tell them that I'm a that I'm a hot like I'm a hot mess but here's a cool book I read and you should read it too here's my three favorite things and the minute that statement came out of my mouth I was like it needs to be called this hot mess mm-hmm. because then you are under no illusion that this is coming from a person who thinks they've got it all together it allows me to have failures and not be perfect and then it also means that girls know the information that's coming to them is from a perspective of someone who's not an overly high achiever or someone that like it's for people that struggle with the stuff that we struggle with which not everyone does um so yeah I started it and I just wanted it to be a blessing to my little slice of the world and Mm. now it's just sort of chugging along and doing its own thing so the, the theme of it is I decided that anything that goes on the blog um, it either has to help sharpen our mind or soften our heart. And if so if it doesn't go through one of those two channels, then it doesn't belong on the blog. So it's not overly like opinionated or it really is. It's like, is this going to sharpen our mind? Is it going to soften our heart? If not, it doesn't go on the blog. Mm, I love that. Mm. How did you sort of create that or come up with that little it, thing? It's, a, it's in a quote by Bo Taplin. And I read that and I was like, that is exactly how I it's it just made so much sense because I, I knew it in my head the type of content I wanted but I didn't know how to put like actual boundaries on it mm-hmm. um so I read that and that just like you know when something jumps out at you like yeah. it was made for you yeah um I read that I was like that's it sharp mind soft heart that's really great and mm. I think that sometimes you can fall into the trap like if you're really busy and you feel like you haven't posted in a while to try and create content for content's sake. Mm. Um, so I really like that because mm. I feel like it almost, well, it does guarantee the value of 
that post. Yes, and, and the, the content. Yes, and on like also the direction, and you're right, the values, and um, I think it also helps me choose what content as well, like what belongs there, and the girls know it gives it a really strong direction. Um, yeah, so no, I it, it made sense to me, and I've never struggled to keep within those boundaries, like shut mine soft heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to go back a little bit, and you said that a few years ago, was it a few years ago that you were caring for your dad? And that was everything that you were doing? Yes. Yeah. So five years ago, I moved here from Cairns. I was mm-hmm. working when dad first got um, sort of this sick um, and I just moved in. And it was probably about three years that I before I got back on stage singing or doing anything sort of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that transition going back into the workforce? Yeah, it was. So I had worked at Cotton On um, very casually. Um, and I have to do a shout out to anyone who works like that company was so good to me they were always so flexible with anything to do with dad and um they were the perfect job at that time because if I couldn't do a shift there was the store was a mega store so um there was always someone begging for a shift um they could hire new people over Christmas so I could always go home to Townsville for Christmas and um that was an easy job and it was good for me I knew when I moved down here I had to work because working is important if all I was doing was caring, I would lose myself. It was important for me to just get out of the house and put makeup on. Hi, welcome to Cotton kit. Like, that was important. Um, but the transition into probably using my gifts, like, and being, like, back in the public eye a little bit and um, doing this type of work, it's been, um, it's been interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been really interesting. It's, it was quite nice, actually, being here and not having anyone, like, know you. Uh, for those few years um and I knew what I was getting myself into when I went back on stage again Mm -hmm. but it has been a transition I'm lucky that NDIS have been so supportive um and really funded the ability for me to be able to take more work um and having someone here with dad to support him and keep him company Mm -hmm. so that's been great um I was told when I first suggested that I was going to move home to care for dad that almost 90% of carers drop out in the first 12 months um so I just knew for the longevity of being a carer I actually had to create a life that I loved and that's what was most important because if I didn't I'd end up dropping out Mm -hmm. statistically it'll tell me that it'll be too hard so um yeah but the transition's been kind of awesome I feel like now I've got the best of both worlds yeah um, which is good yeah, and Dad and I worked hard for it. You know, mm-hmm. lots of routine and repetition to get him as independent as possible. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to other people listening who may be a primary carer? How did you sort of structure that and get to where you are now? I know you said it was a lot of a lot of work for you to get to that point. Yeah. But what would you say to somebody who might be at day one? Yeah, accept help. Like accept all the advice. Accept all the help. Um, get people like OTs and OT will help um, your family member or who you're caring for find ways around their disability and ways to become independent so what, what I call it for dad is I try to create as much perceived independence as possible so we have lunches now that dad can do for himself I might pre-prepare them but he now knows if he does xyz he can get that himself um I think routine and repetition matters fine, what works for them. Dad works well with colours. Numbers he finds a bit difficult. So we've got coloured stickers on the microwave and the oven. So he knows if he turns 
that button to the red thing, the oven's on. What he doesn't know is that that's the timer. So I've always got it set at the same amount. So even if he leaves the oven on, it will always turn off. Mm -hmm. So you you learn those things over time and you can practice them to help get them to a place where you find how much can you get them to do for themselves. Um, The other bit of advice is just do not feel guilty ever for prioritizing yourself or putting yourself first or doing what you need to do to sustain yourself because it's actually the most loving thing you can do in the long run. Because being a carer is a marathon, not a sprint. And I, I don't know why I understood that so early because from talking with other carers, it's carers really struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And I never did. I can really honestly say I never did. And I think it's because I knew. It's like, mate, if I don't go to the gym, if I don't go for a walk on the beach, if I don't catch up with my girlfriend for dinner, I'm gonna wanna I'm gonna want out. I'm gonna mm-hmm. burn out and then no one wins. So I think you have to make it a high priority to accept help. Um, routine and repetition to find ways to have your family member do as much for themselves as they can, um, which is better for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that you're doing things to create a life that you like or else you are going to bow out early and then no one wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you just make that decision to step back on stage? Um, I think my gut just kind of knew. I... I had more spare time. I noticed I had more time and that's because I was doing less for dad because we'd found ways for him to do things himself or we'd found ways that other carers that the NDAs had sponsored could step in. So I noticed that there was a shift. The other thing with dad is everything dad has is degenerative. So as he's gotten somewhat worse, although his independence is better, like he sleeps a lot more now. Because dad got, dad's got um, Parkinson's, early onset dementia, brain damage from tumours that have bled, a very, very weak body. Um, and I noticed, I was like, wow, dad sleeps a lot in the afternoons now. He doesn't need my company. It's like, oh, well, now we've got these four meals that dad knows how to do for lunch. I could probably be away for that good stint of time. So I noticed there was this gap um, and that just, I don't know, you know, your intuition, mm. um, whether you call it God or the universe or intuition or your gut instinct, you know, what your gut tell you, I'm, I'm pretty in tune with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, something in me was like, it's time, it's time. And so, yeah, I decided to look for guitarists and yeah, that was that. <laughs> and how do you feel going back to it? Oh my gosh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because I actually hadn't been a professional singer for a long time. I worked as a singer in my church um, and I was a singing teacher, but I wasn't a singer at a pub or like sort of a singer you could hire since basically a few months into Bible college. But it's funny. I love it now. Like I really love entertaining and it's fun. I feel like you know, I did, I did, you know, I don't know if you know much of my story, but I did Australian Idol and I did that whole thing and that was so intense and that wasn't quite right for me. And then when I went to Bible college, I really did the church thing and, you know, worked as a pastor. And although I loved that work and it taught me a heart of service, I didn't quite fit there either. And it's funny now I feel like I've actually got the best of both worlds because I get to care for dad and be in a role of service but then I also get to go and be a performer. I don't think I could do either of them full time. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's nice that 
destiny or the universe has kind of put me eventually in a place where I feel both sides of me get to have a, an expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were talking to Abby on your live, yeah. you were talking a little bit about like Bachelor and Idol and how you were like, people ask you what it was like and you kind of don't really know how to articulate that. That being said, <laughs> how, do you, how do you articulate that? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, high highs, low lows. And it's funny, I said that to Abby, she's like, that's exactly right. The highs are so high and they're unreal. Like we lived in a mansion in Sydney with an elevator in the house and we had a private chef and you get taken everywhere in these cool cars and we had people outside our room with our names scribbled on posters, like screaming our names. Like it's, it's, it's high highs. But the lows are like low lows. And I think also I probably didn't have the character at that age to deal with it either. So for me, the highs were high and the lows were low. Stan Walker, who won it, was a much more balanced person of character at that time. So he he managed that situation better than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just high highs, low lows. It's intense and it's exhausting. Like you get to the end of the day and... You just have nothing left. And then your family call and they're like, how was your day? And they, they just want to hear all about it. And yeah. you're just like, fuck, <laughs> I just, I don't want to talk. Like, I don't want to tell that you just have no personality left because everyone needs you to be Kim from Idol mm-hmm. all the time. And that's exhausting because it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. You know, no one can be at the extremity of their own personality all the time. Um, yeah. Did Idol dull your passion or your love for singing and music at all? 100%. I walked off the stage for five years. At Bible college, I didn't specialise in music. Um, So our church is like quite a large church. It's unbelievable. We have this incredible music team. Like our church is responsible for putting on carols for like three different cities in Geelong. It's given that respect. Our church is so talented. They give that responsibility to us and People would often say, you know, I can't believe that you're Kim from Idol and you're not serving the church with your singing gift. And I just fell in love with serving people. Mm-hmm. You know, I fell in love with welcoming girls in church for the first time and being there if they, you know, to talk to them about what the pastor had talked about and making sure they were connected and making sure if they had questions about their Bible, they had someone to talk to and mentoring them and creating events so the young adults could all meet each other and feel a sense of community and I fell in love with that because the stage just felt empty and the recording studio felt empty and it's like I climbed to somewhat the top of a ladder that I had been working towards and then I got there and realised there's not much up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back, it's because it's true that like I, there's so much more to life than when you open your mouth, pretty stuff comes out, unless that's what you're fully created for. And I now know I'm not created for more as in something more noble because, for example, like what Stan Walker does, you know, and like Lady Gaga, they, they change the world with their music. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I'm a good singer doesn't mean I'm meant to change the world with my music. And that took me my 20s to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess being able to throw yourself into those acts of service to the church and even caring for your dad, do you think that was a prerequisite to you being able to step back on stage? I think so, yeah. I think so because I I don't think I would have enjoyed it if I was chasing like fame or chasing like recognition or now I'm just on stage because I really love to sing and I know I've got a gift to entertain and I know that I can make 
it's an act of service in itself. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm, say, I'm at you know, the Barwon Heads pub and you've got a couple of hundred people there, my job is to make sure you have a really great night. My job is to pick out of the hundreds of songs we've got, my job is to pick the songs when I assess the crowd, what songs are going to knock your socks off. You know, the set list always needs to look different for every crowd. You know, the timing of the songs, you know, let's do this one and then, oh, let's hit them with this one. That'll get them going and let's bring the song down. And mm. that, you're there to serve those people. It's not actually about like, oh, they've come to see me. Oh, like I'm the singer on the stage. Mm. It's like we've got a job to do and my job is to entertain you and give you the best night. And I think it's my time that I had at church that helped me flip that and now I get more joy out of singing because it's not about me. Mm. Yeah. Singing in front of people and also starting this hot mess, was there self-doubt? Were you scared to do that? And mm. then how did you cultivate the confidence to be able to carry those things out? Yeah. I was definitely really nervous um, to start this hot mess because I remember thinking, oh, what if I fail? Like, what if it doesn't go well? Or, you know, what if, pe- like, it gives people a reason to talk about me. I think when you've been in the public eye, in the way that Idol was, which was huge because there were really there was Idol and there was Big Brother. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, like when you got top twelve of Idol, it wasn't like being on the the Voice now. When you're on the Voice, there's like three months later, there's another show with another hundred people. It's the, the and then you've got Maths and then you've got Love Island and like there's so many reality TV people. Mm. Whereas back then it was what year was it? There again? wasn't. I was 09, 2009. Yeah. yeah, years ago you would have been like. 12 yeah plus grade six (laughs) six, exactly but it was it was huge and that had its pros and its cons and I experienced intensely both of them and I I was nervous about stepping back in to the spotlight to a certain degree because I knew I know what that comes with um and because you're not always going to be everyone's cup of tea um and you can be as kind as you want to someone but you might just say something that they assume is sarcastic when you didn't mean it because they can't imagine saying that without it being sarcastic and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I met that Kim Cooper girl and she said meh, meh, meh. And you just you can't always be responsible for how your personality lands on other people regardless of your the kindness of your intentions and I'm really aware of that. So I was very nervous about that, especially because I'd had the luxury of the last three years no one knowing me down here at all. Um, but my intuition told me, and on my gut and, you know, the universe or God, whatever we call it, whatever's up there, you know, I, I know that I was created to do more. Mm-hmm. I knew that Dad's, what I was doing with Dad was just to stop over. And I just knew in my gut, like, it's the right thing to do. And also when you get, like, a vision that's really, like, pointy, like, you, I want to create a this and it's going to look like this. And, mate, you've got to do it because other people aren't getting that idea. That's yours. Mm. That's your destiny. That's your next step. And I think it's remiss of us to not follow those gut instincts. Um, I know better than not to follow that voice now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, know, I know better. So it was, um, it was a reluctant but an exciting thing. Um, and it was less about having the confidence to do it and more the obedience to what I know is right. Yeah. If, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like you just felt called to felt, do it. Felt called to do it, yeah. I guess that, that strong feeling, that intuition would have, I guess, assisted with some confidence. Yes. Like it would have helped you build yeah. that because you felt like this is what I'm meant to be doing. When there's purpose, I Completely. feel like then you can generate a, a sense of confidence. A hundred percent. And also knowing, I remember thinking as well, what's the worst thing that happens? It fails. 
maybe there's a skill that I'm meant to learn for my next season or like God knows why we get asked to do or why why, why life happens to us, but I've learned now you actually really just have to trust it. Mm-hmm. And so if my insides are randomly, you know, bringing me these ideas and all of us, like, it's like you, you just got to follow it and trust that whether you understand it in the moment or not, it's for your betterment or the betterment of your slice of the world. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. It probably helps with not a brazen confidence, like that's going to go great and it's going to be amazing. But always just a reassurance. A reassurance that yeah. you're on the right path. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and it gives me the, the confidence to make the step, I guess. Yeah, it gives me that little mm. push. What's next for this hot mess? Well, other than Sunday, which is probably all I can see at the moment, which I'm pumped for, mm-hmm. um, we'll start getting into it. So this year we've implemented um, fortnightly themes. Well, kind of fortnightly. Again, might be like a little bit, depending on how I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, themes. So our next theme is going to be on, funnily enough, disordered eating. Um, and then we've got one coming up on sexuality and it helps me plan my content in advance and gather content months in advance. And then by the time I'm ready to write it, I've gotten books written down and quotes I've chucked in my, that folder for that theme. Um, so really just implementing that. And I really want to go live once every two weeks with someone who's an expert or just got an opinion on or is in the realm of that topic. Mm. So um, getting all that routine up and going is probably the next step for us. And then having our This Hot Mess meetups every four to six weeks, just just a free place where we put out, we're all going to be at this place at this time. If you're a bit of a hot mess and you want to come and meet some new girls or you just want to hang around some good quality people, come and have a coffee and trying to take what is an online community offline um, and giving girls a chance to create more community. Mm-hmm. yeah nice I love that that's exciting yeah and I hope I can come someday oh my gosh I hope you can too. I'm just gonna commit to it and make say. it happen <laughs> literally do it I'll deal with it later say yes and deal with it later <laughs> I like that I like that a lot well I have loved this chat but I have some quick cues for you so go. just whatever comes to your mind okay go Netflix or books damn it Netflix I try to read books but it's <laughs> oh it's Netflix I wish I was be better Kim it's not, no it is like instinct I want to be books I love books mm-hmm. I do I go to Netflix yeah so many people I want to ask them that they're like I just want, I want to say books but yeah if anything I'm a big audiobook girl mm. oh, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. chew through audiobooks but to sit and read it's just not my natural nature I'm a hot mess I'm a sloth like mm. to not be a sloth is a real effort for me <laughs> like it's I work really hard to be better mm. <laughs> yeah um cooked breakfast or smoothie cooked brekkie Mm-hmm. every morning yeah eggs what do you have eggs mm-hmm. eggs yeah eggs if i'm not that hungry if i am hungry eggs avo on toast yeah mm-hmm. nice love it dad's just rediscovered how to boil eggs mm-hmm. and he's going through this massive obsession with boiling eggs and he like times it on his watch and he like and then he hands it to me like all shaky and cute and he like puts it down like proud as punch it's like he can do something for oh man it's the cutest thing ever sometimes like just halfway through the day he'll be like i'm gonna boil some eggs do you want some and I'll say yes, even if I don't feel like it, just to watch him be so pumped to be making me eggs. Yeah, that's it's adorable. so nice. Yeah. I love boiled eggs. They're so good. So, so good. Yeah. Dream holiday destination. Oh, my next one is Mexico. Oh, yeah. My, I'm going to Mexico for my, my birthday at the end of the year. I've done the Greek islands and that was my, that was my number one spot. And I would go back there in a heartbeat. But I said um, Mexico, the Greek islands and the Maldives. Um... And then some type of Europe, like a Europe trip, that would be all in one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my next one is Mexico. I'm going to do... Yeah. Yeah. 
That's exciting. Yeah, I'm going by myself, so that'll be... Oh. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do... I'm going to say it out loud. I'm like, oh, I think I said it on the live for the first time properly out loud. I'm going to do a... Like, it's like a five-day silent retreat. I know. Wow. Because obviously I hate a chat. <laughs> like, how... I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I feel like that's the next step for me, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Mexico and I'm going to do a five-day silent retreat. I've always wanted to do one of those. Mm. I'll tell you how I go. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, and then I'm going to spend five days in a really luxury, like, resort thing. and talk do... to everyone. <laughs> well, talk to everyone or just, like, going on tours and climb things and mm. you just do, like, every day go to the front office and be like, what can I book in for today? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. I love yeah. that. And your favourite quote? Ooh, favorite quote. Um, I used to always say, feel the fear and do it anyway, but I'm kind of not into that. There's this beautiful scripture in the Bible, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, that says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a life in the future. And I think if you take out Lord and Bible and you just believe that basically like what Gabby Bernstein says, like the universe has your back. Mm. Um, I know the plan I have for you and it's a good plan. It's a plan you can trust and, that's a good one. Um, my, my life one is you are called to live a good and clean life, self-sacrificing for the good of others. So mm. that's like my life. And that just came to me one day and stuck with me forever. I love that. So it's like, yeah, I've had that for maybe 10 years now. Mm. Mm. I'm not great at it, but I work towards it. Mm. A good and clean life. Kim, clean your room. <laughs> a good life. Don't drink too much. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, they're probably, no. yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. No, you're welcome. And I'll link all of your stuff below. So if you don't follow Kim already in her journey, then you can do so from below. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Real Health Builds podcast. As always, if you want to hear or see more from me, jump over to Instagram at Health, and you can follow me there. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Until then, I wish you happiness and real health.